fish and chip sad sad depression therapy session chip session daily uh podcast fish and chip podcast chip had a had a rough weekend in the super wild card weekend wild card it was a doozy I have my I have my chair set to rocking mode right now to rock me to comfort me. <laughs> oh, Chip Daily Dan Fish, Fish and Chip Podcast. NFL. We are divisional rounds now. We're down to eight teams. The final eight. eight. The elite. Well, I don't you know can't say elite. that. You can't say that. Can't it's say trademarked. that. It's trademarked. Hey, you don't say that. Is that trademarked by NCAA? I don't know. <laughs> it might be just like the Super Bowl. Like they can't actually. Say hey, you it. don't say that. You can't say that. You can't say that. Hey, don't you don't say, say that. that. Don't say that. Chip, how was your weekend? It was great. Everything went perfect. All my teams won. Half of them did. Not. <laughs> Good old not joke. Oh, my wife. <laughs> my wife. Nah. Explain. Started on Saturday. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'm going to preface this by saying I'm not as huge a Chargers fan as I once was like a decade ago. I still like them. But a little part of me kind of wanted Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville to win, so I'm not totally Oh, bummed. you've been fanboying <laughs> on that all year. I know. So I'm not totally bummed on that outcome. I was like, there's no real loser in that situation. Like, you're still going to be happy yeah, at some kinda, point. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. I just wish it didn't happen the way it did. Unless you're yeah. purely a Jacksonville fan. Oh, Chargers. All right, we'll recap that game since I'm talking about it. They were up 27-0 to zero in the second quarter because Trevor Lawrence decided to throw four interceptions in the first half. It, is my math? Mistaking me, or is that more or less than twenty-eight to three? That is a a bigger deficit. That's a big. That's bigger than twenty-eight three. Twenty-eight three would be twenty-five points. Okay, so twenty-seven zero is twenty-seven. Yes, <laughs> it is twenty-seven. <laughs> so yes, Mister Lawrence, the man of the year. The chosen one. Four interceptions in the first half. Three of them were all by one guy on Los Angeles, Asante Samuel Jr. Do you remember when we used to say his father's name all the time in school? I do. <laughs> Asante Samuel. Asante. Yes. Now we got his son. Who had the most interceptions ever in a playoff debut? Congrats. And get this. There's the most in a playoff game. Since Ty Law in 2003 AFC Championship and Ricky Manning also in 2003, but the NFC Championship. I don't really remember that at all. I was I'm also guessing that's probably 11. the most interceptions thrown in a uh, debut, too. By <laughs> probably, <Lawrence>. probably. <laughs> Definitely in a half. The first half. Yeah. He was going for the Nathan Peterman. Did he have five? Oh, my. Not in a playoff game. Though. No, it wasn't playoffs. It was a regular season. But was it five or was it four? I think it was like 10. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> in, in one half? Yeah, I think it was at least four, if not five. Let me see. Five. We'll it five. It's five. It's five. Five. Trevor was going for that one. 
Oh, I got two great stats on both my teams, the Chargers and Vikings. They both became the first teams to do something this weekend. Here it is for the Chargers. Oh, pains me to read it. The Chargers became the first team to lose a playoff game with a five or more turnover ratio. So they had five turnovers or five takeaways. Jacksonville had zero. So they had a five or more, five or higher turnover ratio. First team ever to lose a playoff game by doing that. Ugh. Jacksonville's comeback, so 27 to zero at one point. The third largest playoff comeback ever. It is. Sits behind Mr. Andrew Lux, Colts, beating the Chiefs on their yeah, down 20. Shot it. Was that that must have been before Mahomes when Alex Smith was there? Yes, it was. Okay. And I want to say it was like 2017. 20 what? 2017. Oh, the year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I want to say that's the year. That sounds right. But the biggest comeback, we already mentioned it because it was the biggest comeback ever, but the biggest playoff comeback also was the Bills beating the Oilers when they were down by 32. Ah, did you watch this game? Uh, the the Chargers game? Yes. Uh, I was... Uh, yes, Sick. I watched it. I watched it. <sighs> I will I, say... I, I never miss a second of the action. Yeah, you watch every second of every game. I will say if Trevor Lawrence did not throw even two interceptions... I don't think the game ever would have been close and it would have been Jacksonville the whole way. Yeah. The, the Chargers could not really do anything. They got that big lead because four interceptions. Yeah. I got to say that game kind of like resembled what I thought the Tampa Bay Dallas game was going to result in. Yeah. And I, I really thought like what happened early in that game was going to dictate what the outcome would be. Whereas like, I thought that if Tampa got off to a good start and rattled Dak early, Dak would be rattled for the whole game because he was skittish. But they let him they let him hang around, let him mm-hmm. settle in, and they couldn't score points. And the second that they got an opportunity to, they turned it over. So it yep. just made Dak's job that much more easy, and he got comfortable. When a quarterback that's lacking confidence gets comfortable, it's game over. So, I mean, I kind of thought that's how it would be with the Chargers, too. And, I mean, not saying that Justin Herbert was lacking confidence or anything, but I I thought he was allowed to settle into the game. They got a big lead. He was comfortable. I, I didn't think that Jacksonville could come back from that. But they did. They did. And as a result, the Chargers... Have fired their offensive coordinator and their quarterbacks coach, but not their head coach. Not their head coach, who it's just as much to blame as, if not more than those two. <laughs> he hasn't been on the list for long, but he's he's there. Yeah, yeah he's there. He's there. He probably should be hot, maybe moved up after this last game. All right, there's a play I want to highlight for Jacksonville. Mister Doug Peterson, the head coach, man, he's got some nifty plays. He had the. Philly special in the Super Bowl and the Minneapolis one. Did you see the one this week? It was fourth and one in the fourth quarter. I think it was 30 to 28 was the score. Jacksonville had the ball. It was the last drive of the game. It was fourth and one. Looked like they were lining up for quarterback sneak. 
They had three running backs behind Trevor, all in one line. I like. I, I don't remember seeing a formation like that. It was T Travis. formation. Is that what it's called? T formation. Well, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So Trevor was right under center, and then behind him was a running back, and then to each side of that running back were other running backs. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it just looked like it was going to be the new method of quarterback sneak, where they all kind of run up and push the quarterback forward. But Dougie Peterson said, nope, they ran the play. And all three running backs went to the right side. The middle one and then the one on the right were blocking. And Travis Etienne, their main running back, all the way from the left side, took the ball from Trevor as he turned around and took it for like 25 yards. Chargers were not prepared for that, but I thought that play was brilliant. I'd agree. Did you I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, it was like no one expected that. That's like some Baltimore Raven type yeah. stuff right there. Like, just like the creative running. That's like Kyle Shanahan stuff right there. Yes, it is. I would agree with that. But I thought it was creative. It really, it, I mean, it put him in field goal range. And uh, yeah, they sealed the game. The rest is history. The rest is history. Now they get to go play your Chiefs. Well, yeah. yeah. They played once this year already, right? Yeah, the Chiefs won. Yeah, I thought so. Was it close? It was, yeah, it was like decently close, though. I don't feel the remainder. Let's see. It was 27-17 was the final. Yeah, it was close for most of the game, though. I think Kansas City pulled away late. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, I kind of see, and, and the line will explain that, too, is Kansas City's favored by 8.5, so, like, they won by 10, you know? Uh-huh. Um, I kind of see the same sort of thing happening, except for the fact I'm kind of nervous it's a Saturday game. Well, they've had a full week off, though. Yeah, Chiefs are good off a of bye. Well, <laughs> Andy Reid is good off. Andy Reid is good off a of bye. You fooled me this year in our survivor picks with that knowledge. Yeah, well, I was trying to. You know? <laughs> Andy Reid is like 95% win win percentage off a of bye. So, I mean, don't don't deny the man his his due. You're right. I shouldn't. Okay, I don't really want to talk about the Vikings, but I have some stats on it. We got to do it. Got to do it. So I mentioned with the Chargers, Chargers and Vikings both became the first team to do something in the playoffs. Well, here's the, the Vikings stats. Per Opta stats on Twitter, the Vikings are the only team in the Super Bowl era to complete at least 80% of their passes with zero turnovers and zero sacks allowed and still lose a game. NFL teams were 47-0 and zero when doing all three of those things in a game. Mm. I was going to say, I saw that Kirk threw for 80%, and I honestly thought, that might be the highest completion percentage of a quarterback that lost a playoff game ever. Well, based off these stats, it's probably, yeah. But it's got to be up there. But zero sacks, but also, zero turnovers. But also, that is like the calling card why I've said that Kirk is not good. He's average. Get those stats, baby. 80%. Get that fourth down and eight three-yard completion 
to that's lose the he, game. That's why he did that at the end. Got to get that stat. Mm-hmm. Complete it. Okay, okay, I will. What? Okay, I got beef can... on the. I got beef on this play. I do too. But I mean, like everybody's got beef, but this is the beef that I'm not hearing from anybody on the big media markets. Okay. People are defending some people on some big platforms, not to name who or names that I don't like, have defended him by saying his first read was Justin Jefferson. And they had him singled up with safety over the top, double coverage. Okay. That's why he moved off of him. He had a rush in his face, so he had a split second to make a decision, and he got the ball up to the only person he knew that he could on a hot route. Gave it to Hawkinson. Hope that he could make a play. Sure. But game's on the line. Game is on the line. You completed a comeback against Indianapolis this year that was over 30 points. You completed a comeback on one of the best teams in the NFL, Buffalo, this year. That was 17 points or more. I think it was 17. What was he doing against Buffalo in the fourth quarter? Throwing it up to JJ. Was he double covered? Uh, yes. <laughs> a lot? Yes. So what would you do in the playoffs when it comes down to the last play that if you incomplete the ball, it's season over? Why would you not even just consider risking a double coverage throw on fourth down Yeah, and say, you know what? I'm going to take this three-yard route. It's probably going to lose us the game. Throw it in a gu- double coverage. I mean, who cares at that point? If it's yeah. incomplete, you lose anyway. Like, he basically said, okay, there's a 10% chance of completing this throw or a 100% chance of completing this throw. And on the 10% chance that we complete this throw, we still are alive. But on the 80% chance I complete this throw, we lose. And he picked that 80% chance to lose. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was well said. That was like a, the classic Vikings play. Fourth yep. and eight, run a three-yard route. Come yes. on. I mean, and, and like the thing is, like we've already, we've already seen you guys prove that you can make the comeback. And you can make big plays risking it all. Because we've seen it done. You've thrown in a double coverage. We saw what Justin Jefferson can do against the Bills. He had like, what What was this crazy stat we threw out that one week? He like caught like 80% of the balls in double coverage or something like oh, that. It was yeah. like his, crazy. His separation between defenders was like nothing. And he still had like 12 catches or 10 catches. Yeah, like his next-gen stats were off the charts in double yeah. coverage. Yep. And you're telling me that you're not willing to risk it on the chance that if he does come down with it, we got the first down. But if I throw this other route, he's probably getting tackled and he's going to be short of the line in the game because he wasn't past it to begin with. But I'm going to take that one because I know I'm going to complete it. What? This makes no sense to me. And nobody is even talking about it. Like they're just saying it's a bad decision, but they're not yeah, like actually true. thinking about the fact that you have Justin Jefferson and we haven't taken any risks with him at all the whole game. They really didn't. Yeah. In the second half, I think he had four targets and zero of them were in the fourth quarter. He had, he one had catch so in the many targets in the 
so many targets in the first half. And it's like, who cares if he is double coverage? We already have proven that he can handle double <laughs> coverage. Yeah. And risk it once in a while, especially on third and long. If they're covering him that close too, there's also a chance that it's pass interference by them. Which is exactly. another reason to just throw it up to him at the end. Or a hold or a defensive check, like an you know, uh illegal contact or whatever. Like, come on. You've yep. already proven how to come back. Like you you've done it. You've shown that you can do it by doing it that way. And you choose to go a different route than that in the playoffs when it matters the most. No, not okay with me. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. I never did. It hurts to see them lose, but it, it doesn't surprise me. It happens every time there's a Minnesota team in the playoffs. I mean, did anybody really think we were going to win that game? I mean, I kind of did. I expected us to get blown out against San Francisco next week. Yeah, but, I mean, but like in that situation oh, in the fourth quarter, no, no, I didn't. I I was like, it's over. It's over. When I saw how easily New York was moving the ball, I just knew that they were just going to keep keep pace ahead of the Vikings, and the Vikings would not be able to catch up. Yeah, that was one of the worst defensive performances I've seen, <laughs> and that's saying something because the Vikings were awful this year. I like the thing was they only gave up what thirty one points or something like that. <laughs> there just wasn't that many drives. No, New York had like a twenty play drive that was like ten minutes long. If they would have had like the normal amount of drives it takes to, in a normal game, like they would have scored sixty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. If they would have gone faster, <laughs> like they took so many drives and they were so long on both teams. Like the Vikings took almost half the half the first quarter on their first drive. You know, yeah, like if those drives were all four minutes, like my god, the Giants would have scored 60. Yep, whatever. I'm done beefing, I don't really even care. I'm not even upset. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's San Fran versus the NFC East in the NFC, yeah, it, no kidding. I just had to look up that drive. Yeah, it's 20 plays, 85 yards, 10 minutes, and 52 seconds. And like I said, the Vikings had like a seven minute drive in the first half. Six. 37 to start the oh, game. Oh, okay. Sorry. 637. <laughs> Not seven minutes, I guess. Just telling you the stats. Pretty sure the last time I took math class, they told me six and a half rounds up to seven. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just telling you what it says. But those two drives added up to over a quarter. Just <laughs> yes, for two. They did. Yep. You got any other stats for those games? <laughs> Uh, no, not for the game specifically, but the Vikings. So, you know, last year, how they kept choking in the second or the final two minutes of the halves and losing games. That is true. That is true. So, their points scored, I looked at that from this year to last year. This year, this is just regular season, not playoffs. They scored 424 points this year and gave them 427. So, they were minus three. We knew that. They finished 13 and 4. Last year, they scored 425 points, which is one more than this year. And they gave up 426, which is one less than this year. They finished 8 and 9. So basically, from a standpoint of their offense and defense, it was identical from points to last year. Yeah, they just got lucky. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I didn't really believe the luck theory, but now I think it's definitely there. I mean, there's a reason why Vegas 
never really gave them their due. Yeah. You know, like why they favored Detroit over them when Minnesota was the home team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah. So realistically, the Vikings probably should have finished with a similar record as last year, around eight and nine, seven and ten, nine and eight, maybe. But whatever. There's always next year a classic. Fire them all. Fire everyone. Start over. Classic overreaction. Just keep Kirk and Kirk only. Yeah, we got him signed a million, 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 million dollars. And then we got to just like, you know, right here, fella. Nobody coming in here to compete with him. He's our guy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, fella. Remember when that guy from the Canadian Football League was going to sign with the Vikings? And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. We don't want you to come in here and compete with Kirk. He's like, no, I can win this job. And they're like, no, 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 no. That's not why we're bringing you in here. <laughs> was that the guy that now played that one random half with the Jets this year? Maybe. No, that, I don't think. Or Arizona? No, Jets. I, I the don't, guy had the tattoos all over his arm? I don't think that's the same guy. Okay. But there was like a... It was like a Canadian Football League MVP or something like that. <laughs> they brought him in for an interview, and they're like, "What do you think?" I think you're it do might on? have been that guy. Okay, maybe it was. But anyway, he's like, "Well, I really think I can come in here and compete with Kirk for the job." And they're like, "No, no, pump the brakes here. All right, we're paying him way too much money for you to come in here and take his job. You are not here to do that. You are here to come in." Maybe win the second position job and sit on the bench. And he's like, well, then F you guys. I'm out of here. <laughs> it might. I, I can't confirm, but Chris Streveler. Streveler. It could have been. I don't know. He played at the University of Minnesota and then went to University of South Dakota. We talked. No, about I don't think that's. It wasn't him. Okay. He played um, two years with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I'll look it up at the break. How about. Okay. We'll take a break. This is Efficiency Podcast. We'll be back to break it down. Fantasies, spreads, picks, brackets, everything like that. After this, Efficiency Podcast next. We're back for round two. Ready, fight. Wild card, bitches! Wild card, bitches! Not anymore. Divisional round. That's Dan Fish. I'm Chip Daly. We were supposed to look something up during our break. Dan told me it during the break. But um, uh, the, the Canadian league quarterback that the Vikings interviewed once upon a time in like 2020 was not the guy I mentioned. It was. You still have his name? Oh, uh, hang I on. have it. I, I got it. <laughs> Bo Levi Mitchell. Do you want to explain what you read to me? About what happened? Okay, so basically, like, he uh, was, like, super good, won a championship in the CFL. He had won, like, college championships, uh, high school championships. Sure. Anyway, they uh, were like, yeah, come on down. Let's interview you, blah, 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 blah. You know, we need a backup quarterback. That would help our quarterback room. That's what we're looking for, make a better quarterback room. And he interviews, and he and he's like, yeah. They're like, what do you think that you can bring to the team? And they're like, oh, I bring winning. Everywhere I go, I win championships, and I'm here to win. 
and I'm going to win the job from Kirk Cousins. They're like, no, 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 need more, need you to sit on the bench. And they're like, no, you're not coming in here to compete. And he's basically like, okay, so that told me enough about the organization. Just because you get money, you're like fine to just like sit on your laurels and, you know, not have to worry about anything because you're getting paid all this money, whether you're good or not, and whether or not there's somebody that's better than you that we could bring in for less money, we're going to stick with you because you're just that much, like that's how much money we've invested in you. And he's just like, at that point, I realized I was not going to ever sign with the Vikings. <laughs> they were just like, we don't want you to come in and compete. We want you to be a second string. I'm like, no, I'm going to come in and compete. Nope. Then you're not coming here. <laughs> and then he's like, nope. See you bye. So he went back to Canada then. He's still playing in yeah. Canada, I guess. Uh, All right. So, yeah, we had to fill you in on that. We found the results, or not the results, the answers. Best time of the week, best time of the year. Daily fantasy. It is that time. We are only down to four games now. It's getting tough, but first recap last week. We had six games. I only picked... So I picked a stack on Saturday out of those two games. Then I ended up picking two stacks on Sunday out of three games. Oh, the one on Saturday I liked was Mr. Brock Purdy plus Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle. Rip. Purdy did great. CMC did good. Kittle, not so much. Um, Debo was the ideal option. He went off for like 30-something points. If you went, who saw that coming? Who saw that coming though? I did have him in one lineup. I just—you never trust a guy coming back for his first game. Yeah, played a little bit the week before, but yeah, Debo went off. He had a big uh, catch and run touchdown. But the stack—if you would have gone Purdy, Debo, CMC, and then DK Metcalf on the other side for Seattle, you would have had a hundred thirty-two points from four of them. Wow. So, uh, Mr. Purdy ended up being the top quarterback on those two games, Saturday and Sunday, for fantasy reasons. Dak Prescott, however, ruined that on Monday, if you did the whole weekend. No, didn't see that one coming. Uh, anyway, on Sunday, I liked Mr. Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, plus That's Isaiah Hodgins, plus Mr. Saquon Barkley. And I said to bring back Justin Jefferson or Hawkinson. If you went Jefferson, it was bad. If you win Hawkinson, it was good. Danny Dimes was quarterback two for fantasy on Saturday and Sunday. Then the other one I liked, Mr. Josh Allen. I liked him with Diggs. However, the ideal option actually was Gabe Davis and Diggs. Josh Allen was quarterback three for the two days, quarterback four overall. Diggs was wide receiver seven, Gabe Davis wide receiver four. The top two running backs were Saquon and CMC. I feel like I named all those guys last week, but I just didn't combine them right. I didn't name Gabe Davis, though. Gets tough going forward, or easy. Depends how you look at it. So this week, four games. Um, When I looked, DraftKings only was offering it as a four-game slate, so you can't do Saturday only or Sunday only. It's all four. I don't know if they'll change it later in the week, but that's what it is. That leaves eight quarterback stacks to look at, and... Well, firstly, when you start looking at these small games like this, 
the stacking rules, I don't know, don't really apply as much because there's so many good players and so little games. No, I thought all these players are pretty much trash yeah, right now. They're, at this they're bad by this point. These teams aren't very good to begin with, anyway. Yeah, you're right. They all got lucky. Um, lucky. Yeah. And lucky. All the quarterbacks left, surprise, surprise, are pretty good at football. No. No. Not Mr. Irrelevant. You don't think. With that being said, I do like... Can I say his name yet or not? Do I, I suppose. Do I drink him? Mr. Patrick Mahomes. He looks good. All right, against Jacksonville. He had four touchdowns when they played earlier this year. I feel like anytime you play Mahomes, though, you need to pair him with Kelsey. You yeah, you gotta have, do that. You don't have to, but it makes the most yeah, sense. But you gotta. But you gotta. <laughs> and Jarek McKinnon, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But if you'd you be the- McKinnon if you <laughs> McKinnon if you didn't <laughs> think he's gonna score a touchdown this weekend. That's pretty, that's pretty good, pretty good. But if you go Kelsey Mahomes, it eats up a lot of your salary for DraftKings. And there's so many more good players this week, like CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, CMC. The list goes on. For that reason, I find it difficult to pick Mahomes and Kelsey. Especially after a week like last week. I don't think, I didn't mention this. There were three quarterbacks that went over 30 points. And eight of the 12 last week went they scored more fantasy points than they were projected for. I think only one quarterback was below their projected range, but eight were above. So with all these quarterbacks playing well and all these other good skill players, I once again, like Brock Purdy, they just, DraftKings just doesn't put his price up. He had the most points, well, second most technically, last week and of all quarterbacks. And he's still the cheapest quarterback this week. And it's not really that close. They're playing the Cowboys. Um, so Cowboys kind of, I guess, can be exposed by wide receivers. But CMC's always an option. I think what I'm gonna write down to for Purdy is CMC, Ayuk, and or Samuel. A combo of those three. Probably not gonna play Kittle after last week. But maybe that's a good time to get in on him. I don't know. Whatever. And then the bring back, I think I do CeeDee Lamb because San Fran's run D is still number one. Their pass defense is a little more mediocre. CeeDee Lamb is usually the target hog. So like Purdy, CMC, Ayuk, Samuel, a combo of those. You can even maybe play all three of them. And then CeeDee Lamb. Another one I'm just going to throw in there, Jalen Hurts, I don't know, off a of bye. Probably good to play the Giants, well, once this year. I would pair him with God. He played him twice. Did they? That was week eighteen, though. Did he? He did play, didn't he? He did play. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, twice. I'm gonna lock him in with Goddard for sure, just because it's cheaper. And then either one of AJ Brown or Devonta Smith, and bring it back with Saquon Barkley. And then the last one, I'm gonna call it a risky stack, Mister Trevor Lawrence, oh. just because he's been so up and down all year. And the first half last week was so bad, but the second half was so good, and that's why I call it risk. I think he's the second or third cheapest quarterback. And he's got mainly three guys he throws to. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. And I'll bring it back with Travis Kelsey. But right now, the recap is I like Brock Purdy the best. Purdy good. Purdy good. I feel like that's eight weeks in a row now. Every week, nah. 
<laughs> when did he start? Week 14, 13? I, I, this will be his eighth start, I think. Okay, I probably didn't do it the first one, but <laughs> every week since his first game. I feel like I mentioned him. Let's see what's what type of spread Dan's got today. All right, let's spread them out. All right, Saturday, we got Jacksonville at Kansas City, 430 Eastern. Kansas City favored by eight and a half. It makes me nervous to say that Kansas City's going to cover, but I'm going to roll with it. Oh, I suppose I should recap last week. Uh, I did not good. Good. Not good. Not good. Not good. Not good. <laughs> so, that sounds good. So I did not good. Five out of six. All right. Uh, Kansas City, I'll take them to cover eight and a half. Just because, you know, I have to by obligations. Saturday night, eight. Team Eastern Giants at Philadelphia. This is where I want to know if Nick Sirianni is actually deserving of a coach of the year. If he is coach of the year, he should be able to take a bye week and kick the snot out of a division opponent. Seven yeah. and a half points, I'll take Philly. If not, I'm still a winner because I don't think he's coach of the year. Can you see that so, game being an upset, or is it just because the Vikings defense is so bad that the Giants look good? I don't see it being an upset. I okay. don't. I really don't. Okay. But it does concern me that New York was not playing anybody week 18. And they kept it to one score. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Kept it close. All right, then we go to Sunday. Three o'clock Eastern, Cincy at Buffalo. Buffalo's favored by four and a half. I'm going to actually take Cincy just because, like, they don't care who they play. They don't care where it is. They'll just go do it. <laughs> uh, this is, like, the matchup we didn't really want to, like, refeel the vibes from, what, three, four weeks ago now? Mm, yeah, three. Even though it's on a different field. So, like, <sighs> I don't know. I feel like this game's going to have like packed emotions that nobody's really talking too much about because they're going to think about like two great teams playing against each other. Mm-hmm. Since he was winning that game, I'm going to go with Cincy plus the four and a half just because I think it's going to be one. Yeah, I think it's going to be one score game regardless. Yeah. Who wins? So I mean, yeah, um, Miami was one score against the Bills last week. Yeah. I mean, even the Ravens. You didn't think they were going to beat them last week, but it's true. The they should should have. Should, should have. And then we got Dallas at San Fran minus three and a half. I'm going to take San Fran. They should beat Dallas. Lots of shoulds. So, I mean, I'm kind of just putting my faith in like, you know, like if this coach is good, if this coach really proves his, his ability, or if this team really p- proves what I think they are, this is what should happen. But mm-hmm. well, we'll see. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if San Fran can handle that Dallas. Honestly, like who knows? Maybe if Dallas comes out and plays their best game of the year, they win. But you know, same with Buffalo. Maybe they just got more to play for. Same with Philly. Like maybe their coach isn't got them ready to go, and maybe Jalen Hurts isn't quite back, so they don't win by a touchdown half. And, you know, I don't know, Jacksonville, (laughs) we saw what happened last week. You get down 27, they win. So 
Hoping that happening is the Chiefs. Eight and a half might not be enough to cover. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. But that's how I'm sitting. So I'm sitting Casey minus eight and a half, Philly minus seven and a half, Cincinnati plus four and a half, and then San Fran minus three and a half. I like it. Yeah, at this stage of the season and this round of the playoffs, it's pretty hard to actually predict. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but that's what I, I mean. Any team really can win. I get paid the big bucks to predict it, though. So, yeah, you do. You do. The biggest of them all. Like that statue in Boston. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, our playoff picks. We filled out a bracket last week. We you want to do the guess- bracket first? Well, the bracket's the same as our picks last week. Well, yeah, I mean, kind of. Let's talk about our picks and then we can compare. Well, I went four or six. You went three or six. Yes. We both got many Minnesota wrong and Tampa Bay wrong. I got the Chargers wrong. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha You know, the Tampa one, I feel like that was more wishful thinking. It was. That's kind of how I felt, at least. Dallas was favored. It was definitely like like... overreaction week 18. (laughs) Yeah. I kept telling myself going into last weekend, I'm like, this is classic. Just, you know, why would we expect anything different from Tampa Bay than what we've seen all year? Yes. (laughs) You know, and that is like how I always, that's always what I say is like, why would I expect them to be anything different than what I've seen through eight, 17 games this year. Yep. Same thing. But I that. still went with him because it's Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had the same thought on the Vikings defense because the defensive coordinator had said something this past week like, oh, I'm going to let the, veteran- <laughs> the veterans are taking over. You're going to like what you see. You're going to like what you see, yeah. Yeah, and that, I mean, it got my hopes up a little that they figured something out, but nope. Yeah, I will say, though, same old, there's same a lot of people old. calling for him, his job. I don't think that's the right move yet. I think you got to give him one more year. Really? I do. I do. Just because I don't think there's enough talent on that defense in the most important positions. And when it comes down to beating playoff teams, you got to be good at in the defensive backfield. You got to be because there's too many good wide receivers on the best teams. That is true. When it comes down to it. And right. when you're running out a very old Patrick Peterson and some guy named Duke Shelley. He's the GOAT. No. I'm just saying you can't blame uh, a defensive coordinator when those two guys can't cover. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I feel like the Vikings scheme was not set up to be a 3-4 team, which is what he kind of So you forced. have to give it time. Or he should adapt to his players instead of making his players adapt to him. Because Daniel yeah, Hunter what are you should not do? be dropping back the coverage. What are you going to do? Run a 4-3 for one year and then adapt to it? And then, like, change the roster? Like, no, you know, stick just... to the way you coach. I'm always a fan of coaching the players that you have, but not at the professional level. At the professional level, you coach them to the way that you see is best to win at that level because you can have anybody you want in the professional level. When you're a college or high school coach, it's like, yeah, you don't have the athletes that you might want 
to run whatever defense or whatever offense, whether it's basketball, football, whatever, you name it. But you coach the players that you have. And like even like the best colleges, sure, you can you can bring in the best players that you want. You can run the schemes that you want. But you're, the other schools that are lower, you're going to be like, okay, I can get these three-star athletes. This is what fits them best, running a zone defense or running man-to-man, whatever it might be, whether it's basketball, football, whatever. You do that based on the players that you have because you don't have control of how star talent you have of players. When you're a professional football coach, you should have the ability to run whatever defense with the players that you have. And sure, your first year, you might not have it exactly perfect for the criteria of the players that you have, but as you draft the next year, sign free agents, you should be able to make progress. So that way, I say don't rush it. And the 3-4 defense is one of my favorite defenses in in football. So I really think that they should pump the brakes, don't fire the guy, give him one more year, get him more talent, especially on the outside, quarterback, nickelback, and uh, safeties. Harrison Smith needs some help. That's all I got to say. The last part you said about draft and free agent, I totally agree with that. But I still feel like even at the professional level, coaches should be able to adapt to their players more than just saying this is the way it is. I know we can just disagree there. That's totally fine, but that's yeah, but my you're not opinion. Gonna like, you're not going to come in and be like, okay, I'm a 3-4 defensive coach, but we're going to run a 4-3 this year, and I'm going to change you guys next year. Yeah, that doesn't make that's it, that true. Doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. you got to lay the culture down the second you walk in the building. And if it doesn't fit certain players, you trade them. That's what the professional... Like, uh, that's that's what the profession is. When it comes down to it. I so, guess I mean, so. I, yeah. I don't really think that we should fire Ed Donatel or whatever the hell his name is after one season. I think that the personnel doesn't necessarily fit right now, and we should make it fit. I mean, why would you bring a guy in if you it, 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 knowing that it doesn't fit? And expect him to do anything else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like we have everything set up for a four three. Okay. So why bring in a three four coach? That yeah, that's I don't I don't know what the reasoning was to begin with, I guess, on that. If that's what Kevin O'Connell wanted. If you or... want if you want to go to a three four coach, then you gotta stick with it and you gotta move on. Even if it means trading a guy like Danelle Hunter. I guess. I mean, you can get a lot for him. You can get a couple draft picks and maybe a halfway decent quarterback. That make it, that would make a big difference. Yeah, yeah, I would. I don't. Know. I guess. I guess we'll find out. I don't know. Whatever. We'll move on. Yeah, we'll move on. <laughs> Wait and see. Um, the one thing we do know for sure, though, is the con- the constant. The Vikings will do the wrong thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> they'll either keep everyone and it'll be a disaster again, or they'll fire everyone and it will still be a disaster. They won't fire, but everyone. But, you know, you know what I mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, okay. So, do you want to talk about our brackets or not? Like, 
Well, um, yeah, I mean, on the AFC side, I'm perfect. You, yes, you are. just have you just have one mess up, but it doesn't affect your bracket at all. No. And then uh, on the NFC side, we're a little all screwy. Screwy, Louis. So we're all the same anyway. So if San Fran and Philly win, we're good to go. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, let's get to picks this weekend. Uh, so I have the lead on the wild card weekend. I had one better pick than you. Are yes. we giving double points this week to the bracket? Oh, uh, should we? Is that how you want to do it? I don't know what we did last year. You figure it out. Later. I don't know if we even did a bracket last year. We did. I just don't know if we kept track of it. Too yeah, much. Bet, yes. I mean, I don't know if we scored it. I guess. All right, whatever. I'm leading through the wild card, going to divisional for picks. So the picks this weekend are down to four games. We got Jacksonville at Kansas City. I will take no surprise here. Jacksonville. My, my Chiefs. Me too. I have mine filled in. Kansas City. We got we got the G men Saturday night against the the Eagles, man. The Eagles, man. I'm a bird, man. I'm a bird. I'm like a bird. I'm a bird. Yeah, I'll take them too. Feel boring doing this. Take the Eagles. I'm taking the Eagles. Chalk, 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 chalk. Speaking of more chalk, I'll take the Bills <laughs> over <too>. Cincinnati. Oh, <laughs> uh, yep, same. I and I kind of like the upset potential there. Just Cincinnati, you know, they're good. Well, I'm taking Cincinnati cover the four and a half points. Yeah, I but, just. I'm kind of just like my heart's in with Buffalo. Like, let's see him win one more game. You I know, can't for Demar. I picked Buffalo to win the Super Bowl in our bracket, so I can't back out on him now. Do it for Demar. Do it for Demar. And then I'm gonna take uh, San Fran over Dallas. Once again, me too. However, if I'm sticking with my preseason prediction, I said Got either Dallas. Dallas or. Either Dallas or Minnesota is going to break the break the streak. This you year did, you did, and make it to the Super Bowl. So I'm kind of like after after seeing the Monday night, I was kind of like, maybe I still got a shot. <laughs> maybe I still got a shot at that. I don't know. Do you want to pick them? I don't want to pick them. Oh, okay, no, because okay. that'll if I pick them, they're cursed. They have no shot. But if they win, then I I'm good either way. That's true. That's true. Last year in this round, I was one out of four. You I really three, think three four. I really think that Dallas lucked out in the first three drives of that that game on Monday night. Because if Tampa would have went down, yeah. Because if Tampa would have went down and scored, oh. who knows how tight D- Dak would have played? That's true. Like he loosened up so quick because um, of the fact. Like you said, Tampa did what Tampa's done all year. <laughs> so. Yeah, what did we I know. Expect? I know, but what I'm saying is, like, if they would have put some pressure on Dak, how tight would he have gotten? Because he looked tight right off the bat. Yeah, I, I missed the beginning, but I believe you on that. Yeah, he he looked rattled. Like he was missing, like, just like quick outs and stuff like that. Like ten, like ten yard throws that were like in the in the backfield, basically. Like I'm talking like literally ten yards from you. 
throws. <laughs> like they were off target. He looked rattled. So he is their key to success or failure. Well, yeah, I mean, like that's what most teams are. I mean, like Kirk Cousins, he completed eighty percent of his throws, but he couldn't make the big one. So that'll be it. All right. So that'll wrap it up for the divisional round. We'll be back next week, I guess, right? We'll be back. I hope we're back. Championship weekend. Conference champs. I feel like there was something I was going to remind you of, but I can't remember now. Dandies. So dandies are coming up two weeks. Well, three weeks from now. Well, maybe I should do them over Pro Bowl weekend when we get a little break. Oh, yeah, that could work. That might work. Look forward to those, though. The dandies. How can I explain it? <laughs> Been watching The Office a little bit, so looking forward bit. to that. Little bit. All right. Anything else for this episode? Uh, nope. I got nothing. We're running out of time. Our producers saying we need to wrap it up. Play the music like they do at the award shows. Fish and Chip Podcast at Twitter on Twitter at Fish and Chip Pod, Spotify, Anchor, Podcast, Google, Michigan, Amazon, Sleeve, Podcast. Uh, we're also on the gram. Hit us up at Fish and Chip Pod. Oh, uh, we're oh, on TikTok twi- now. Twi- Twick twat. Twick twat. We're on TikTok. Same Dan thing Fish, as Instagram. Dan Fish, Chip Daily. We'll be back one week from today. Fish and the podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay sweet, universe. Stay sweet. Stay sweet.